So Money Episode 189, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey everyone, welcome back to So Money Sunday edition. It's Ask Farnoosh time. Glad to have you here joining me. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend. Uh, By the way, if you are a millionaire next door type of person or know someone who is kind of like a millionaire next door, let me know. Email me at farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. I'm trying to put together a week of millionaires next door. And if you're wondering, what's a millionaire next door? Well, if you've read the book and you know kind of the the expression, it means someone who is a millionaire, meaning their net worth is technically $1 million, but you wouldn't really guess it because they're not flashy with their expenses and their money. They don't live in huge houses. They don't live in extravagant lifestyles. Um, They live quality lifestyles. Uh, They have what they need and what they want, but they're, you know, really conservative about it in some ways, kind of modest. Um, Certainly not discussing this with neighbors, you know, and the neighbors don't look over there and go, wow, he got another Lamborghini. Um, Because, you know, I think culturally we think when people are millionaires, we, we assume that they are a certain profile. Um, But what studies have shown and research has shown is that true millionaires Uh, Those who make the millions and keep the millions live a much uh, more uh, thought out lifestyle and are very more careful and are a lot more careful about how they spend their money. There's actually an aspect of frugality to it, believe it or not. So I just thought it would be kind of cool to dedicate a week to individuals out there and across the globe. I've actually gotten people writing in from overseas saying, hey, I think I might be a millionaire next door. So I love that I'm hearing from so many people from so many places in the world. Um, but I've, I've left this um, search open for a while now. And um looking to find the right five people. So if you're one of those people or you know someone who is, let me know. Farnish at somoneypodcast.com. Okie dokie. Let's get to the questions. And as I mentioned yesterday on this show, I was going through my inbox realizing that, my goodness, I have a lot of (laughs) questions that I've neglected. Um, Patient, patient listeners who have um, probably been a little disappointed that I hadn't answered their question in the last week or two. So I'm going to now probably finish every single question that I have currently in my inbox. Yesterday, I think I answered nine or 10 questions. Today, I'll probably do another eight or nine, and that should hopefully get me back to um, square one. So we're going to start here with David. He says, I recently started listening to your podcast. The content is really, really good. Thanks. Well, thanks, David. I appreciate your uh, your patronage. And he says, I wanted to ask how you pick people to be on the podcast. I'm 27, live in Paris. I'm from Colorado. I have about $15,000 in credit card debt, and I'm working hard to pay off my student loans. I recently started a blog called making1million.wordpress.com to write about my debt paydown. I'm not a pro, but I'd love to be a voice of someone who's actually paying down debt and doesn't have it all figured out. It's a perspective I couldn't find anywhere and wanted to share with people. Well, yeah, David, I mean, I I like to find people for the show who are 
um, accomplished and so they can reflect on their journey with me. Um, you're currently in that journey. So maybe once you've paid off that 15,000, um, there'll be a lot more that you can pull from your experience right now. Maybe you're a little, uh, lost at sea. It sounds, I can definitely recommend you some great resources as you are looking to pay down that debt. This podcast is one of them, but Dave Ramsey has a great, great book. Uh, and a lot of my guests and a lot of my listeners, uh, have, uh, use that book and have read that book and love it and say that it's, it's changed their lives. So check out Dave Ramsey. Um, and you know, online, there are a lot of blogs. I love, uh, Jay money was on the show recently. Um, there's Paula pants website, which is uh, afford anything.com. There's uh, PT money, Philip Taylor, um, who's going to be on the show soon. He blogs and he's actually the founder of FinCon, which is the big financial bloggers conference annual. So uh, lots of different resources. If you just go through my show, uh, my, my, the history of my show, go to the, uh, the archives. You'll see a lot of the guests come from financial backgrounds, are financial experts. They have lots of advice and wisdom to share. So I would say, you know, spend some time perusing that. And let me know if you have any more questions about getting out of debt. I mean, it's a topic that we cover not a whole lot on the podcast. We often talk about, about earning money and investing and business ideas, but, um, debt is obviously a big part of you know, the financial landscape and especially this country. If you have more questions about this specific questions, please don't hesitate to follow up with another good question. Thanks so much, David, and good luck to you. Caitlin says, hey, Furnish, I was inspired by a recent question you had from Monica. She got a $3,000 raise and asked what she should do next. Well, I recently got a $5,000 raise and I'm trying to tackle my student loan debt from law school, which is about $80,000 by paying an extra $500 a month. I feel maxed out because I'm also contributing 10% to my company's 401k out of my paycheck and saving about $300 per month for my emergency fund. My raise is about $250 extra per month. Should I pay more for my loans, up my emergency fund, or contribute to a different retirement? Can I buy a new car? Mine is pretty old. <laughs> okay, let me think about this. So you're, okay, 10% to your 401k, that's excellent. I don't think you need to do a whole lot more there. Um, $80,000 in law school debt, uh, you know, what's the interest rate? Is it really high? Um, you're, and you said your rainy day, if it is high, then I would say maybe that's a, that's a possibility. Um, but I'm also going to now look at your, what you mentioned about the, uh, the savings, savings $300 a month for my emergency fund. What I don't know about that, that I would love to know is how much do you have currently in your savings fund? And what does that equate to as far as uh, monthly expenses? Is it a six month cushion? Is it a three month cushion? Is it a no month cushion? Um, if it is less than six months, I want you to put that extra $250 there and get that to a nice, healthier place um, because uh, you you owe it to yourself to have a good, nice emergency fund. Um, can you buy a new car? Um, sure. I think once you, uh, maybe next year, <laughs> you get another raise. Um, you could sell your car and try to find one that... Um, isn't too expensive that you can use some of the proceeds from your sold car to buy a new car. That could be a possibility, but I wouldn't put a lot of money towards a new car. I just don't believe in doing that. I mean, I could buy a really nice car and I have a very modest Toyota, 
brand new Toyota that we bought last year. Um, I know I probably should have bought used, but I really wanted um, the hybrid. So um, there weren't a lot of used ones on the market, and we um, we were very uh, you know we did a good haggle with it, and we we paid in cash, and it was a a proud so many moment. So be careful when you're buying cars. You know they do depreciate dramatically after you drive them off the car lot. So um, just to be more mindful about that. But I would like to see you in a new car. You're working hard and you're doing good things. So keep that at the top of your financial to-do list. And maybe we can figure out a way to get you to, to get you to get that. But I would love for to see your emergency fund uh, be more robust if it's not at six months. If it is, maybe start car shopping. Okie doke. We've got a question from Shauna. No, Shanna. She says rhymes with banana. <laughs> Thank you. See, I would have said it wrong. Hey, Farnoosh, update here. I wrote in a few weeks ago about my husband having more credit, uh, more of a credit score. Um, wait, what? My husband having more credit score than sense when it comes to cars. Okay. So I took your advice and we sat down and we talked about it and he sold the extra car. Once we both looked at what else we could do with that cash, it was an easy decision to get rid of it. And now we're working on a mutually decided financial plan. High five, Shanna. She says, now on to the next problem, handling toddler tantrums. I hope Evan takes it easy on you when he hits that stage and happy belated birthday to the little guy. Oh, thank you so much, Shanna. I really appreciate that. And oh my gosh. What am I going to do when he turns two? He's already very curious, very sort of, you know, unruly in some ways. I'm trying to just let him be free right now. But it's, you know, mostly I'm just making sure he doesn't fall down and like bump his head on everything, which he still does. Um, They say there was an article at Huffington Post that said, you know, you're the mother of a boy or the parent of a boy, young boy, if you've been to the emergency room before they hit age five. I hope to God I'm never that mother, but I know lots of moms who've had to go in and um, stitch, 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 because boys just get into lots and lots of um, sharp objects. Girls do too. I definitely was one of those girls. So maybe he gets it from me. Thank you so much, Shanna. Michelle says, you mentioned on a recent podcast about starting a mastermind group, and I wonder what you meant by this and what type of group would you do uh, and accomplish? I have been interested in starting a women's group with friends who don't know each other, but all live a life where they strive for excellence. I feel we could all share the things we love or live by and could really help each other out to be even a better mom, wife, sister, employee than we already are, but unsure how to start something like this. Awesome question, Michelle. So yeah, I'm actually part of a, uh, it's a one, two, three, four member mastermind. It's all ladies. And we came together really, it was not my idea. It was one of the group members. She wanted to start a professional group that was going to meet once a month. Um, she found her friends, um, who were doing work that complemented her work. It wasn't like I, you know, we we don't all do the same thing, but we do similar things where maybe a couple of us have podcasts. Um, some of us are doing digital products. Others are, have books. Um, so together we synergize and we share resources, we give feedback, um, it's very structured. I will say it sounds kind of loosey goosey, but we decided that to really make the meetings productive because we're all mom. A lot of us are, two of us are moms, half of us are moms <laughs> and, um, all of us have busy lives. So we just decided to make sure that every meeting, um, definitely have some wine, definitely have some good food, but we would get down to business and we have a, we have a structure, you know, the first question we go around the, t- the, the table and we talk about, 
I think, you know, we, we give updates um, of ourselves, professional updates. We talk about maybe something that we're struggling with, something that we are happy and proud of, and um, maybe we share a new resource with the, with the group as well. So we, we have these kind of things that we like to hit at every single meeting. And of course, the meeting takes on its own life as well. But the point is, is to really uh, grow as an individual and as a group, help each other. Um, how you find people is, I would say, start with at least one person that you really respect, that you admire, that you want to learn from, that uh, can is also in the has this, this interest of growing their business and their perhaps even just their personal life. You know, I've actually heard of, and then from there, maybe you ask that person for a recommendation for someone else to join the group, make it really collaborative. And for all the members to feel as though they were, um, they were handpicked, but also that they were, they had a play in picking some of the other people as well. Um, because you want everyone in the group to feel incentivized to be there, that they are not, um, the, the, the strongest person in the group or the weakest person in the group, that everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. And it's a very nice kind of equilibrium in the end. I remember also a friend talking to me one time about um, having a personal board. Have you heard of this? So companies have boards, right? They have board members, they have advisors, a group of advisors. And she said, you know, what's kind of happening around the country is particularly with women groups is that they are developing what's known as like professional slash personal boards. And so like you mentioned, it doesn't have to be just about work. It could be about mommyhood. It could be about being a sister. It could be about um, like life, just life general questions, you know, and having a board of people that you admire, trust, respect, experienced, open, honest women to convene at a mutually uh, – mutually convenient time once a month. And then maybe there's an agenda. Um, so people can prepare a little bit. Maybe it's like a different topic every month and, and, and you go around the group and you offer, you know, solutions and resources and things like that. I mean, you can read up a lot more on masterminds online and there are masterminds that you have to pay to get into. Um, and those definitely, some of them have a lot of value to them. Uh, my mastermind is free, <laughs> but, um, but that, you know, the thing about a mastermind, the beauty of it is that it can really be structured however you want. And it can really be the definition can be whatever you want it to be. So I, I encourage you to do this because I do think it's a great way to invest your time. Kim Rison says, love your podcast. What a great format you've developed and outstanding guests. Also love the Ask Farnoosh episodes. Thanks, Kim. That's nice to hear because sometimes I feel like Ask Farnoosh, um, people drop off on the weekends, I'll be honest. And I, I probably would too. If I was a listener, I wouldn't be listening every weekend. But So I really appreciate those who stick around on Saturdays and Sundays because this is probably um, one of my funner things to do during the week is to answer your questions. She says, so much information you provide for us. You often ask for people, experts to interview. And I would wondered if you would like to talk to Angie Hicks from Angie's List. She's interesting and her business supports outstanding service providers and entrepreneurs. Yeah, I would love to interview Angie. Do you know her? Because I would love to interview her. I think she'd be a phenomenal guest. She's a real great example of entrepreneurship and perseverance. Um, so, I, I don't know her, but I think I could probably find her media contact on Angie'sList.com. But if you know her, that would be even better and more helpful. So let me know. Thank you for the suggestion. Chris says, hey, Farnoosh, I keep hearing about how we should have 
an emergency fund. And I totally agree with this, but I wanted to know how much we should have in this fund and what type of account we should have it in. Uh, just want to note that I ran into your podcast a few months ago as part of my journey to get a great understanding of personal finance. Gotta say you made me a fan of the podcast and now I listen to it a few times a week. Have to compliment you on the great work you do on there on the air with the tremendous guests you have and be able to answer questions from us listeners. Keep it up. Chris, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for that really, really cool, kind comment. And I'm so happy that you've joined us here on the So Money journey. Well, I, I'm a big fan of having at least a six to nine month cushion for an emergency fund. And what that cushion represents is about you know six to nine months of your living expenses and, you know, you can be conservative. Like if right now you're, you've got Netflix and you've got Amazon Prime and you're spending money on sneakers, I mean, maybe that emergency fund doesn't account for those extras, but it's really just the bare bones to keep the lights on, the food coming, the gas in the car, um, you know, the insurance paid, the bills are paid. So it may actually only be a smaller percentage of what you're actually spending every month, but it's something that you know deep down, only you can answer this, this would actually be the right amount of money for you to live off of for six to nine months relatively comfortably as you get back on your feet or decide which direction to go next. Because really where this money helps you is if you get laid off, if you decide to change jobs and you need some time to transition, if you decide, you know what, screw it, I'm going to go travel for you know six months. And I think those people who do that are awesome and I envy them. Or, um, you know, whatever, whatever reason, it's an emergency fund. Or maybe you need to tap it for sort of a short-term emergency, such as a medical bill you weren't expecting, your car breaks down. So this is also where the emergency fund can really help you. And where to keep it? A bank account that's accessible, where you can go and cash it out at any given time. It's not necessarily... um, a virtual account where you have to transfer the money and it takes three days because if you needed this money yesterday, you want to make sure that you can go, you know, and, and get that money ASAP. So I like to see emergency funds um, readily available. And don't worry about the interest rate because this is not money that you're trying to necessarily grow quickly. It's money that you most importantly just want to have available to you at a uh, at, at any given time. So that's my answer, Chris, and thank you for listening. Got a question here from S, just S. Hi, Farnish. I'm asking for advice on behalf of my baby boomer dad who was recently laid off with a year's severance pay, but is not in the financial position to retire yet. At 60, he also actually likes working and would like to continue to work well into his 60s. Are there any resources to help boomers find employment that you are aware of? Dad has an IT background. Do you have any general advice for prepping for an impending layoff? Um, So, you know, I feel like this could be my dad. My dad is in his 60s. He works, he's a physicist. He's not in IT, but I feel like he knows a lot about computer science. Um, I would say, you know, because I just read this question, I didn't do any research. Um, I would check aarp.org. They have so many resources there for, I think, what you're looking for and even more and beyond. I mean, they have so many resources for baby boomers, articles, links, websites. I think that there you might be able to find some good articles about this. Um, and retirementjobs.com is actually a website that I'm familiar with that has listings for jobs that are 
kind of, I mean, they're not exclusive to people who are in their 60s or 50s, but it is the types of work jobs that make a lot of sense for people in that age bracket because they might have flexible hours, they're part-time jobs, um, they're not looking for entry-level people, they want people with experience. So that could be a good resource. It's retirementjobs.com. And then I would also say that, you know, as an individual who's in his 60s, who is experienced, has IT background, this is perhaps an opportunity for him to really think now as he's got time um, to think about how might he turn this into a consulting gig, you know, and he's probably got a lot of relationships and connections in the industry. Can he viably market himself as a consultant, freelance consultant, given his experience? And I bet there's a lot of opportunity for him. So that might be something else that he could explore. And I'm sure that there are people that he knows that could give him advice on this that have done this. Because I know that this is a very popular transition for people who are retiring is to take their wealth of knowledge, skills, and experience from working for, you know, the better part of three or four decades into a um, consulting uh, profession for themselves. And they can work from home, they can pick their jobs, they can select their hours. It's really, um, it's kind of ideal. So thank you for your question. And and, um, what a great daughter your dad has that he wrote in and asked for him this question on his behalf. And wow, did I get through everything? I did. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, no, 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 you did not answer my question. Please resend it because I feel as I've gone through everything, but of course I'm only human. I might've missed a question along the way. So um, I'm happy to say I'm back to zero now and all the questions that come in from here on out will be new. And um, just so you know, I've recorded this. It's now Wednesday evening. So I, I just a little secret. I, re, I pre-record Ask Farnoosh. Obviously, I, mean, I couldn't be able to record this like at 2 a.m. on a Saturday morning, I do this in advance because my editors need time to edit it. So it's Wednesday. If you send a question in Thursday or Friday, I won't have seen it until, you know, after this airs. So I apologize if you do have a question coming in later this week. I will have missed it, but it will be on the next weekend's episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I hope this was a great episode for you. Lots of fantastic questions. Hope your day is so money. Money.